Good morning, friends, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be. Another episode of Unapologetic Idiocy here on Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, here to bring you the MMA news. And we're going to be talking about other things today, but today mostly because we've got some exciting stuff going on um, back in the MMA world. Uh, that being said, make sure to go check out the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, along with checking out our Instagrams, Facebook, and Twitter at SunScrapNation.com. As well, I think that's probably the best place to go as far as where you can get everything. Um, check out the website. You can get there's some videos on there. I got to continue posting up videos on YouTube, um, but I'll figure those out. That being said, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, so we've got a, not, a, I mean, it's big news in the sense that it kind of coincides with everything going on in the world. So right now, I hope everyone's being safe, but we're going to, we're going to start reopening certain areas, right? in the country, like Georgia set to reopen, South Carolina set to reopen, Florida's already re opened up their beaches. So people flock to Jacksonville. Now this is gonna relate with just just regular news that we talk about, but you know, there's the two sides of the fence that I talked about in the last video uh, of people. And you know, one side's like, yeah, open up them beaches and are like applauding Florida for doing so. And then others are like, see, and the coronavirus cases went up. And they're like, and you're going to kill people. That side of the fence, too. Right? So when it comes to certain states, I think it's all dependent on who the governor is and what the governor feels like doing for the state, or if the state's a red state or a blue state. More likely than not, all red states are going to be opened up. Um, and then the blue states, especially the bigger cities, I feel have a feeling are going to be closed for a very long time. The stuff that does reopen, which they're looking to reopen, uh, gyms, what being one of the first things, salons. Um, but there's going to be like, there's going to be maybe social distancing in place along with how many people are allowed to be in a facility. I'm not hundred percent sure how those things are going to be working, but that being said, it kind of opens up, uh, and that opens up Florida. That takes us back to what we were talking about in the beginning, Florida. Florida is, has been the first state to like open up beaches, and we've seen, um, hold on, I'm going to pull up Florida news, coronavirus. Um, they said that the virus, the, they said that, It, they said that the numbers rose because of it. Okay, here's something that opened up 32 minutes ago, Tampa Bay Times. I don't know where they lean, but the the states, it's, it's risen to 27,000 cases and 80, 884 deaths. Um, my thing is, it was, I think Jacksonville opened up the beaches first. I don't, I don't know if that means everywhere in Florida opened up the beaches, but if you could see Jacksonville numbers, th that would make sense. Like, if it opened up and then immediately everyone started getting sick, yeah, that might be a problem. But if it's just numbers in other parts of Florida that just rose but had nothing to do with that beach, like, if it – Jacksonville opened up, right? And then let's say numbers rose in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I, it would be hard to say. Right, unless those people drove all the way to Jacksonville and then all the way back to Fort Lauderdale, which is not an easy trip. Okay, here we go. Um, I don't know these counties, so I can't help you. But Tuesday, the state's reporting 979 in Hillsborough County. Oh, in the Tampa Bay region. Okay, so a lot of people in Tampa Bay. Mm, I mean, 
I don't think it's going to help that people go out, but I also don't think that's what's going to help. Yeah, okay, so Florida cases. The most percentage are people in their 40, oh, that are 45 to 55, and it's 13% of them. And they're 13% of Florida's population, and 18% of that 13% have the virus. I don't know. Anyway, that being said, Florida's opening up. And that means UFC 249 is headed to Florida. May 9th, just like it was initially reported before. Um, and then it was kind of like not talked about. Tony Ferguson still made weight for April. I think it was... Well, so it was supposed to be in Florida for the actual date, which was April 9th or April 12th or something. Scrapped that. Didn't happen in California. And now they moved it to Florida. And then they moved it to Florida. They were going to move it to Florida anyways, but I think I think now it's it's 100%, especially, and I don't think there's going to be, I'll pull up the article, um, and I don't think there's going to be an audience or anything like that, but I think it's more set in stone than it was before. Um, uh So they might have, it's got Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje and Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz, which we can talk about the Henry Cejudo fight because um, I was hearing that Cody Garbrandt was going to step in, but I guess not. I guess it's, I guess it's, um, and then I guess it's Dominic even though they wanted it. I could see them trying to push Cody, especially since Dom's last performance, Dom's last performance was against Cody, and we saw what happened there. But what what plays against Cody was what followed after that, comp, or what, what followed after that title defense is, Dom lost one time bad, but Cody lost three times real bad. So I think that that fucks you over. That's what happens. You want to be active. You want to get those wins in. But if you're not managed right or you don't, you don't get focused and you don't put in the same work or whatever, the, whatever may have been going on in his life or whatever, you know, you rush into these fights for that payday and you don't seek other avenues of employment or finding or like making money. I think he does. I think mean, I'm sure he owns a business or something like that, but to keep him living the lifestyle he wants to live. That being said, jumping into fights like that, I mean, unless you're Donald Cerrone, uh, it could fuck your career up. I mean, he got dropped. He he got knocked out in three fights consecutively. I don't care who you are. That's just not good for you, right? They weren't. It wasn't three three close fights, and when I mean close fights, boring back and forth. You know, they weren't like Francis and Ganu, Derek Lewis fights. They were action packed, first, second round knockouts. I mean, we all love the way he fights, and we all love that he goes for that knockout. But the only way that you knock someone out is if you put yourself in danger and risk getting yourself knocked out. That's the that's what it is. If you're knocking someone out, you're most likely in a position to get knocked out yourself. Um, that's what setting things up are for, and that's what feints are for, and that's what you know. That's why all these. That's why striking's not just two guys going in there and punching each other anymore. That being said, give me one second. I'm gonna pause real quick. All right, sorry for that. Pause, everyone. There, my dog's very loud when he drinks water, and I'd rather not have it in the back of the podcast because I've heard it before, and it is annoying. So I thought I would save you guys the ear raping. All right, so like I said about, okay, so fighters as far as now, you know, it's not about people going in there and just throwing leather like I was watching fights. Man, quarantine, and like I said, shout out to my boy Rick, Giving me that fight pass, just being able to go back and I was watching like 
the nat like the best head kicks or it was like a list of fights with head kick knockouts I guess or just like highlighted knock kicks for example the Gabriel Gonzaga versus Mirko Krokop kick but the one I watched was Jose Aldo versus Uriah Faber I mean just classic Muay Thai versus this MMA striking and you see that the person that puts more time into the details and the finality of what Muay Thai is instead of trying to just be like I use my boxing to set up my wrestling. Don't get me wrong. Faber, he learned Muay Thai from a great practitioner. I don't know if Master Tong was in at Team Alpha Male at that time. And obviously, Team Alpha Male wasn't even created at the time. But I don't think Master Tong, who is the famous Team Alpha Male, was the famous Team Alpha Male Muay Thai coach, wasn't around. So Faber was in this predicament where he had really good wrestling and he was very explosive and fast. So he used... Um, that on top of his punt or on top of his boxing and then wrestling and that was his base. So boxing, the downside to it is you're very heavy on your lead leg. It's great for getting that shot, that knockout shot. It's great for you know most people. You're gonna have to punch them. So if you want to get the best at being, or you want to be the best at punching somebody. I'm sure there's a stat on, like, knockouts caused by punches is probably the most percentage compared to, like, knees, elbows, and, like, legs, kicks. So, the downside to it is your lead leg is heavy. So, Aldo made a point of it, and he just kicked the shit out of your ass legs. It's been talked about so often. You can go watch the fight. It's great. It's a great fight. Um, Actually... It's an all right fight. It's not It's not that great. It's more just a, a guy loses one of his weapons, and now he has to figure it out. Other ones that I watched that were great, the St. Pierre versus Matt Hughes the second time. You know, just like I said, Matt Hughes, great boxing to wrestling, strong as an ox. But when you have a martial artist who knows how to faint and, I mean, even – George's boxing was just a little better. You know, he took the extra time to learn from a Freddie Roach or from a boxing coach. Probably learned it from, um, what's his name? The guy that owns TriStar. Uh, fuck, I can't believe I'm blanking right now. Um, anyway, I'm going to find his name out. But... No, none of these people. None of these people. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, nope, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, nope, nope. Let's see. Conrad. Conrad. Conrad Pla. Uh, probably learn from Conrad. Con- they do. Uh, I have a class that's fucking awesome to watch. It's strictly jabs. It's like learning how to jab from every angle, and then jab sparring, and then like the efficiency of jabbing, making sure your jab is, I mean, the best weapon you have. And George made a point of it, and he just jabbed um, Matt Hughes using that long jab and keeping him at range, but also at the same time setting up. Uh, it's kind of a switch kick to the head, but not really. It's more of a... Yeah, I guess it is a switch kick. It's a switch kick. Make it simple. He jabs and then switch kick to the head. To the body, head, leg. He was doing it the inside leg kick, or he was doing an inside leg kick, and it was sliding up and hitting um, the groin area. But putting in those... Putting in those... Re- or not reps, but putting in the tallies of... Inside leg kicks is going to set it up for the head kick. So what I'm trying to say is go on Fight Pass or online, YouTube. Watch some of these fucking fights, people. You got some time. They're great to watch. Today I'm probably just going to get into glory. Probably just going to watch some glory fights today. Uh, 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 uh. So there's some beef between Tyron Woodley and Israel Asanya, which I think is dumb. It was pretty much saying, it was pretty much Tyron saying that you're scared of people that hit hard. 
and then Israel's like, you couldn't handle my boy Kamaru when he was at thirty percent, or he was at thirty percent, and they said some Nigerian slang. Oh boy, sit down before I lash your nag. Oh no, I guess that might be New Zealand. That sounds way too like I don't. You won't catch me slipping unless I slip them and rip them. Like, it sounds like a New Zealand thing. Uh, and then Edwards, bro, you still trying everything? Yep. We talked about this last time. Um, the only thing you ever beat me at is a rap battle, maybe. I see your ambition. You're doing what I'm doing with plans, with my plans and moving up. I'm flattered. So I guess Tyrone's like trying to get a shot at 185, but I think what people don't realize is how how big Izzy is, and then like Tyron's five nine, I'm pretty sure, and his like Yoel's Yoel's power is scary because Yoel is. Yoel is six foot. He's a a man size. Like he's a he's a giant he's a giant person. Plus the size and mass and his his reach. Like in middleweight, it makes sense that he's there. Like his size. Like he was the new wave. When you see a a middleweight from. Like I mean, when you put him next to Anderson Silva, he's gigantic. I mean, when he fights against Robert Whitaker, huge. He and Paulo Costa, you know. They're the middleweight structure. They're the middleweight like frame. Same thing with Izzy. Izzy's a little bit bigger, um, but that's the thing. Uh, Tyron Woodley w- works at one eighty one one seventy. Like his, he's five nine. His reach is seventy four inches. I'm trying to see what. Which Izzy's got like an eighty something inch, yeah, eighty inches. That's like six inches. He's got six inch reach advantage. He's practically a light heavyweight. I, I just don't think, like, yes, Yoel's power scare is scary. It's scary to anyone in that weight division. It would probably scare light heavyweights. Tyron Woodley's not really scaring Izzy with his power. Not saying that Tyron doesn't have power, as we saw him knock out Darren Till. But you're talking about a Darren Till that had to cut to one seventy. And Izzy would never make 170. So I think he's punching up, which is fun. And then Dan Hooker comes in here. He's the clout chasing, quote unquote. Izzy's like, he's just being a thirsty beach. I'm letting him sip. Then I'll drown him. I don't know what the fuck any of this means. Just tell me when to chin someone. Yeah, and then Tyra, uh, like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're getting like the problem with trying to, like, yeah, Tyron Woodley shit talking Izzy, and now you got like three people shit talking about, and then Kamara Usman talking shit back to him, laughing at him, like, you clown yourself, you clown yourself, bro, clown yourself, and then you do all this, you do all this, uh. And then you do all this fucking rap stuff. You know, you're fucking yourself over. And then he gets angry. It's like, of course. But you brought it upon yourself. You brought everything upon yourself. That's why people weren't a fan of him as a champ. Not, I mean, obviously the Wonder Boy fights didn't help his cause either. But, I mean, people were happy with the Usman performance. Even the Usman performance, as, as great as it was. But Usman had a... It was a more the Colby fight was more entertaining. The Tyron Woodley fight, I was lucky I was in Thailand and it was in the morning and I could sip coffee and I was awake because I guarantee you if I was at home and I was watching that at night, then followed by that John Jones fight, I would have been dead asleep. 
Ali Abdelaziz, manager to the Stars in, I guess it's an elevate. I guess he's in Colorado with Usman, Trevor Whitman, Justin Gaethje, Benil Dariush getting ready for this UFC fight. Oh, very socially distant. Fuck off. You need training partners, right? And they're all healthy. That's who I'll talk about next. Uh, David Goggins, um, so I can put his name in my thing and generate people to listen. Uh, David Goggins was talking and giving praise to Tony. Uh, I mean, it doesn't put... So everyone... So Caitlin Chukagian defending Justin's like, do you think Justin's like, damn, Tony made wait for no reason, now I'm scared? Because David Goggins in the video says he made wait not to make wait for himself, but to make wait to get in the heads of his opponents. Which, yeah, it's it's not going to deter a guy like Justin Gage. Justin Gage is going to fight you no matter what. Like, that other stuff, Michael Johnson tried to get into his head. Obviously, we saw what happened. Right? He's still the same guy. Like, there's no... He doesn't change up who he is when he fights in the eye. Like, it's not a Donald Cerrone, Nate Diaz issue. But I will say, I will say, it does affect some people because Connor's like, congratulations, buddy, you did it. Now, fuck Khabib, am I right? Like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. What's an easier way to not fight Tony Ferguson than try to be friends with him? And as, I mean, Connor's a smart guy. Like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You know, he he made it so, like, Khabib is his rival to the, to the end. And he cut into where Tony and Khabib's rivalry really was. Like, that's the rivalry. But Connor overdid it. Because if I was to make an enemy of either of those guys, at least Connor got to tap out to a choke at the end of it. And he didn't have to tap out to a choke as blood is squirting from his forehead because he's got 12 slices all in need of stitches because you angered the boogeyman. There's something about, like, the sweet release of Khabib's anaconda-like death where at any point you can just give him your back and be like, you can just end this, please. Whereas Tony's like... You can give him his back, give you his back, and he's like, okay, cool. And then he'll start punching you in weird angles, and he'll, like, kick the back of your knee, and he'll just be like, yeah, and work on you like a kung fu dummy. Like, it, there's there's different styles to this. So when a guy like Tony Ferguson makes weight, and not necessarily, not necessarily is he trying to put it in the minds of, he's not trying to direct it at Justin Gaethje. What he's doing is that he's telling everybody. He's telling everybody. Because all these guys make weight. All these guys and gals make weight. It's not about Tony. Fuck, he, he'll fight anybody. I hope, he hopes it scares Verdum. He and Verdum almost got into a fight at a luncheon, media day. And he threatened to ankle pick world Brazilian jiu-jitsu and ADCC competitor Fabricio Verdum. He doesn't do it for Justin Gaethje. It's bigger than that. He just wants to be a savage. He's more like a David Goggins than David Goggins can understand. Like David Goggins isn't doing. I guess, I guess he does. I, I guess he does that out of petty. He runs in front of his. He says it in the video. He runs in front of like his competitors' houses. I guess this is more petty. Tony's not necessarily petty. His is more just. I want to prove to everyone I'm not human, and then in turn. You just have that doubt regardless of if it intimidates you or not. You just go, I saw this guy punch and steal. I mean, to me, to me, it's not even a, it's not even that part that freaks me out. It's like he clinically got um, diagnosed as having issues. So that to me is scarier. But the punching and kicking steel rods is pretty fucking scary. All right, let's see some news. Um, uh, actually, let's see if there's anything more as far as uh, UFC stuff goes. Nope. Nope, nope. Wait, hold on. Daniel Cormier wants to fight in uh, 
empty crowded arena uh, empty empty arena whatever oh yeah we got to talk about i forget which fighter it was was it liam good or was it yes it was liam good i thought it was alessio dos santos it is liam good he was diagnosed with uh he was he tests positive for coronavirus, right? I want everyone to listen to this. <clears throat> Liam Good, 34 years old. He was forced to withdraw from the April 18th card due to an interview, but in an interview with due to an injury, but an interview with ESPN said he it was that wasn't true. It was actually because he had tested positive for corona. He asked why they didn't disclose the positive thing. Good said that his management made a decision not to inform the public because we didn't want to feed fear, the imminent fear that is going, da, da, da. I want to get to where he felt like this. Um, one month ago, the former Bellator champ and his girlfriend got tested at a drive through facility in New Jersey and confirmed and tested positive. He said one of his coaches also tested positive, though his training partner, Featherweight Chamberlain, tested ne negative. Um, he said that he had it, and it felt like, where did I, I talked about it more. He was, he was saying that he didn't, like, feel like he didn't didn't like kill like it wasn't bad yeah he just said it was he feels like it was no big deal and that's what i mean is these ufc fighters or just anyone that's this fucking healthy like it's gonna be hard for this like from what we know about this virus like these guys are healthy like they they take care of themselves they're the most fit people Um, other than that, BJ Penn retired, so that's kind of great. Amanda Nunes isn't, isn't fighting. That's why the Henry Cejudo thing's happening. Jared Cannonier had a torn peck. Mm, that's about it. That's all I got. All right, well, that's, uh, that's all I got for you on the UFC front, the MMA front. Um, News-wise, uh, big thing, uh, big, big thing. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kim Jong-un, um, according to U.S. intelligence, that he might be there might be complications for a surgery he went under, heart surgery he went out under, and he might be dying. Let's CNN and International. Let's go to Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. International speculation claims North Korean media silent on Kim Jong-un's whereabouts. North Korean, North Korean media stated, state North Korea... State media on Wednesday made no mention of of new appearances by leader Kim Jong Un. Uh, 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 uh. Trump wishes him well. I mean, he's not a healthy guy. You can tell by it. You can look at him. He's not a healthy guy. I mean, he's 36 August due to heavy smoking, obesity, and overwork. Yeah, he's a dictator of country. He's not on the speed that Hitler was on, so his metabolism's shitty. He's smoking a lot? Yeah, I mean, 36, that makes sense. And he's getting stuff done by Korean doc like North Korean doctors, maybe. I don't know who's doing his medicine, but if it's a North Korean doctor... I can uh, 
I can guarantee you, probably not the best ship. So the issue that people are having is who's going to succeed him. Because being a dictator as he is, there's his sister. But my issue is, is North Korean, are North Koreans going to listen to his sister? And then as a, and as other countries, are we going to fear his sister being in power? We feared him in power because I think he was more vicious or accounted to be more vicious than his father was. Um, from what we've seen, they kind of just like suck at shooting rockets. Um, and I mean, it, it, he comes off as like more of we're going to be we're going to bomb people. Where his father, I don't think, was of that. I think his, I think his father was more silent and carried a big stick. Kim's sisters and loyalists could form uh, could form a regency under until a successor was old enough to take over. So I think they do have that belief that they want a like a son or something because I don't think he has any kids. Significant influence. She's already exercising significant influence. I don't know. Uh, it would be kind of weird. It'd be. It would be weird. It might be the instability. There might be instability, and that's going to be weird. Uh, you'd have to look at the history of what happens when a when a country loses a dictator. The funniest thing that I've seen is the. I was listening to parts of it. I haven't finished it, but it's on Netflix. It's called The Death of Stalin. And it's a movie based on what happened after Stalin died, right? Stalin. Uh, I forget how he died. But Stalin was known. When did okay? So what did he die from? Uh, cere- cerebral hemorrhage. So he, you know, cerebral hemorrhage. I guess that fucking just happens. He dies. He kills all the most influ- He kills intelligent, influential people in Russia. All people that could stand up against what his beliefs were. Anyone that could stand in his way, he murdered. That's what he's known for. As far as numbers on the board. We know the joke, Stalin's number one, right? Only other people, Genghis Khan, because he changed the carbon footprint of humanity. Stalin, as far as recent history, numero uno on the death tally, as well as his own people. He killed his own people, leaving this weird vacuum of, of leadership after. But the people he killed were smart people. People that wouldn't follow him um, if they knew about what he was doing, right? He got ahead of it. He killed anyone that could stand in his way intellectually, physically, regardless. So the movie is about what happens immediately after. And all these fucking people that are like, oh, well, if he's like that, then we got to do, we got to kill him according to, uh, uh, according to Stalin, according to Prime Minister Stalin, or, you know, whatever they call him, Stalin. Comrade Stalin, you know, according to him, we got to kill him. And then the other people in the government are like, no, he's dead. We don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to kill people for him anymore. It's over. Like, we don't have to. But it's just, it's this power vacuum that's left with these fucking idiots. So you got now a country of idiots trying to run things. um, And it's just a bunch of sheep trying to now run a country. And essentially, that's what North Korea might suffer from. You just have a bunch of people going, so what do we do now? And because of the fault of years and years of dictator um, oppression or oppression from a dictator in North Korea, where it's like generations of lack of education, suppression, oppression of anything, media, all this, you get a dictator that dies, and then all of a sudden the country's, uh, let's say it gets liberated from this whole dictator hierarchy um, and you know, lineage, and then they get, now it's just power to the people. 
Now you got a bunch of people who have no education, common sense, nothing, trying to figure out how to run a country. That is more dangerous than someone that kind of knows what they're doing and can get everyone to just, like, follow along, right? You got a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off now trying to figure out how democracy works, which they didn't get introduced to until just recently, or let's say this happens, which they wouldn't get introduced to until as soon as they get liberated, Internet's available, and you think democracy is going to be the first thing that they look up when porn's available? You're at your goddamn... They're not going to get to figure out how a country works immediately. It's not going to be happen, and that's the concern. That's why it seems more dangerous than like if his sister took over, which, according to accounts, she's supposed to be more dangerous, but who cares? I don't, I don't think, I, I think... I think culturally... Her sister, or there's, if their sister joins office, I think it's more, it's more of a detriment to them. All right. So what other stuff is in the news? So you know it's kind of weird because you don't want people to die, right? But this guy's a dictator, right? Trump wishes murderous dictator Kim Jong Un good luck. Right, it's a weird position because he's a murderer. Yeah, but our country also kills a lot of people too. Well, they deserve it. Mm, I mean, they deserve it because we're made to believe they deserve it. What if his country is the same way, where he just believes that they can do it, right? And then he makes a bunch of people believe that they're right in killing people. It's a weird game of who's more justified killing people when killing people really shouldn't be justified, right? It's bad, it's bad always. Yeah, well, if someone kills somebody, then an eye for an eye. Yeah, but then according, it's weird, because like, you get super religious Catholic people, for example. God forbid you mes- mention abortion because you're killing a baby in their eyes. However, they believe in the death penalty because an eye for an eye, even though they're God and their and their cult leader Jesus always said, or like this famous speech uh, or message or whatever is like turn the other cheek. Oh, he murdered someone, so death penalty for him. But your guy Jesus said, turn the other cheek, forgive him or her. Justifying death is weird because, yes, in your instinct, in your bones, if someone kills someone you love, you want to get them back. We, I can't harp on it enough. We're monkeys who are way too smart for our own good, right? Our physical body doesn't replicate, doesn't, our physical body doesn't represent what our brains and our capability of our minds and thoughts like and the power of that, right? Our our bodies are very monkey-like. So that being said, if that's the case and our body resembles still a monkey, there's a little bit of that fucking primal instinct in us. That and it's not been that long since you know we've been fucking savages. Not that long ago, we were dueling each other in the streets. Or someone called our wife fat. So there's still a little bit in us where it's like, well, if he killed my brother, I should be able to kill him or his brother. And it's like, well, you can't do that. That's not good. We're past that. Because we have some intellectual evolution, right? There's always going to be that one person that's like, well, kill his brother. No. So you have to have, be better than this. We have to be better. But it's weird when the people that want to be better for other things... Like when Catholics want to be better people to get into heaven, so they go by the law of you know, they have set morals and like what's okay, what you can and cannot do, and this is what's going to get us to heaven, and this is what's considered to be a better person, a more morally righteous and virtuous person. 
We all sin, but there's ways to be better. However, however, they can still kill people, even though it may not be the right response, right? Well, an easy, an easy punishment's death because you just take them away from whatever this is. You know what's a real big punishment? Leaving someone in a room with their thoughts. This quarantine's a good, there's a, this quarantine's a good example of that, right? No, but I want death. I want the quickest possible right now answer immediately. I want it now. Kill him. Fucking dead. I want it now. Or, 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 just hear me out. And they killed your wife. They killed your brother. Hear me out. What if we put him in a room where they couldn't talk to anybody? And we just, like, gave them food every so often. And maybe sometimes we don't give them food. No, they're still alive. Yeah, but, like, have you ever just had to sit with your thoughts? Isn't that uncomfortable? No, because I just put on Netflix and eat, and then I don't really think about it. Mm. You ever do any drugs? No, drugs are bad. Oh. So you've never, like, thought about the possibility of what the cosmos might be like, and if there's life out there, or what death might be, or, you know, and just have to sit and think, no, no, God's got that covered for me. I don't have to worry about it. Gotcha. To them, death is a punishment because they go to hell, and that's where the eternity is. But the eternity can actually be here in prison, in a jail cell, where they go fucking insane because you're by yourself and you're locked up until the day that you die, even though there are days where you just wish you could die. You can get away from all this. Regardless of there's a heaven and hell, it must be better than this two-by-four wall with food coming in every so often, with no one to talk to, no human interaction. Yes, it's considered deem and deeming and deemed like inhumane behavior. But so is sitting someone down, swabbing them with a fucking alcohol swab, just like George Carlin said, before giving them a lethal injection. So I don't care what side of the fence you're sitting on. Do you want this guy to pay for his actions, or do you just want him the quick way out? It just it shows the it just shows the the lack of deep thought some people have. All right, it just shows the lack of it shows that the people that think that they're the farthest away or don't believe that don't believe in evolution or the closest to what evolution is now, like what we used to be, like fucking idiots. Um, coronavirus is a death in US, in U.S. top at 45,000, doubling in a week. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Obesity being the number one factor. Hear that? We're the fattest country, and we got the most deaths. It almost makes sense. It almost, it, and that's that's one of the things that you got to think about too. It's not even people are arguing. Well, there's more. There's more. There's more deaths from certain things than there is coronavirus. Like, that's the argument on the other side. And once again, it shows the fucking lack of thought that people have when they argue things. Going back to what I was talking about before, you pick two sides that argue different, different sides of a coin or are even arguing two different fucking coins because there's a lack of thought. People are saying, if you want an argument to open back up, if you want an argument for anything on why the numbers are this way and if you want to justify it and make it seem like it's not a big fucking deal, well, here you go. Here's, here's a freebie. If they're saying that the cause of death for most people with this virus is obesity and our country is known for being the fattest fucking country, I mean, do I have to spell it out for you? Do I... Do I to show you the math with colored pencils? Yeah, of course, we have the most. 
deaths because we have the fattest people. And if the number one cause to this, or death to this, is being fat, uh, duh. So those are, your sh- those are the numbers that you should be fucking preaching, not the, well, people die from m- medical malpractice more. Okay. The people on the other side, easy deflection. Here you go. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Then on. There you go. Also, we have 300-something million people, 45,000. Not, not, not bad of numbers. 45,000 is a lot, right? 45,000 is a lot of fucking, it's a lot of fucking money. Or, not a lot of money, it's a lot of people. 45,000. 45,000 is a lot of people. In our heads, it's a lot. We can't wrap our brains around what 45,000 people would look like besides everyone in, like, an arena. We, okay, how big is the Staples Center? Okay, uh, not big enough. Uh, but Staples Center is not big. What's a big state? Uh, I guess a football stadium, right? It's a big football stadium, Cowboy Stadium. Eighty thousand people, too big, right? Even too big. Let's see, Pan- Panthers. Too big. Seventy-five thousand, still too big. Um, forty thousand seat. Stadium. Let's see. College football stadiums have 40,000 seats. It would be like... Or a soccer stadium has 40,000 seats. It would be like a really bad concert one day, and it all collapsed, and everyone in the studio stadium died. That's what it would be like. Awful, awful. I know, I understand, but if you want to conceptualize what it would be or the capacity, let's see how many people. 70 of biggest cruise ship. No, okay, well, never mind. Uh, it's 6,000, still under. All right. That being said, let's say um, I don't know football, but let's say to relate to everyone listening or soccer or any sport, let's say it's your rival team and it's a home game for them and it it was just a really bad day and they fucking collapsed and killed all of them. You know, you don't know anyone that's fans of that team, so it doesn't ring too personal to you. So I understand why some people are on one side of the fence. Numbers don't mean shit. But then there are some people that played for that home or, like, love that home team. And not necessarily that they know people, but it's their team. And that stadium collapsed and killed a lot of their fellow fans. And those people are like, well, we can't go to football anymore. Football's fucking done. We're done with football. Stadiums are going to collapse on everybody. You want everyone you love to go to a football stadium and it collapse and kill them? It's exactly what's happening. 45,000 people in a football stadium, 45,000 people topped out at death. I know it's very, it's very like not humane to think of it that way, but you want context and you want to compartmentalize it as much as you can. That's a good way to think about it. Like, it's not, it's a lot of people, right? But I don't go to football games. You know, like, I don't, I'm not an idiot. There's plenty of ways to take care of yourself where this doesn't happen. And if 45,000 deaths and the top thing is being obese, no, I don't go to football games. I also don't eat myself in body weight. Okay, so to get away from all this disappointing and sad talk, let's talk about one thing and move on. Something and call it a day actually great thing midnight gospel guys uh go check it out on netflix i recommend maybe lighten one up or if you want to get fucking deep into it i guess take a tab of acid 
and watch it. It's Duncan Trussell's show. It's like Adventure Time as far as as far as like comic or as far as cartoon what's the word? Theming go I'm not theme, but the drawing of it, it's very adventure time looking. Um but it's like outtakes from his podcast so he does if you haven't listened to duncan trussell's podcast i forget what it's called but they are just outtakes from that so the first episode is dr drew and it's just him duncan trussell family hour and this is the midnight gospel midnight gospel it's a character he plays clarence or clarence clancy and he has his own podcast and his own dimension. And he goes to different dimensions, is different avatars and interviews different people. But people he's actually interviewed. And it, it's very, it's crazy. It's wild. I really highly suggest being under the influence of something. Otherwise, you'll go Catholic about it and be like, I don't get this. Um, but yes, definitely check it out. Uh, put a smile to your face. It's kind of funny. It's also deep and fun to watch. It's something good to make you think about other things. Keep you thinking about other things. All right, guys and gals and friends and foes. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Like I said, check us out on SouthernScrapNation.com. You can also go to our Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Google Play, all forms of social media. All the listening apps were there. But I highly suggest going to SouthernScrapNation.com. Check out the website. SouthernScrapNation.com. SouthernScrapNation.com for more. Uh, videos, most recent episodes, past episodes, shop, uh, blogs, whatever and everything. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And until tomorrow... Till tomorrow. Stay safe. Peace.